I'm John Van Dyke, and this is my podcast, Dialogue and American Mosaic. I started this as a podcast in uh, late 2017, uh, when podcasts were uh, just a, a new thing. And uh, today, I would call it more of, uh, it's a conversation I'm having with people. And I've been around the country having conversations and recording them with people I would meet, uh, strangers um, in different places, different settings. Uh, now, I would uh, call it a, a library of conversations. And what I've been doing is going back uh, through some of the conversations that I particularly like and uh, recasting them and doing a little editing. This is a conversation uh, from a couple of years ago uh, with a Gen Z, uh, Matt. Uh, I think Gen Z uh, has been very interesting to me because I think uh, they are the future and they have some uh, definitely different ideas uh, and, and see uh, our country and the world a little bit differently. Uh, Matt was in a uh, Head Start uh, program and uh, when we had the conversation uh, he was a uh, his uh, second year sophomore in um, uh, college and uh, very interested in uh, anything to do with technology, math, uh, and uh, physics. And uh, I think that's uh, definitely going to be uh, what his future is. He had a, uh, a lot of very interesting things to say. Generations is, um, is something that's, having, I think it's having a lot of impact on what's going on today. Uh, and, um, and certainly, the whole thing is I'm very interested in your view because of being, uh, you're a Gen Z and there's so much conversation today about Gen Z, you know, and millennial, but I think the uh, Gen Z in particular, I'm interested in, you know, what do you think about uh, some of the things, uh, do you think about country? Do you think about, uh, do you think about the country, your country or America, do you think about it as as something that you're involved in and engaged in, you know, as a community in any way? I've always felt kind of just like an observer for the longest time, right? Because I was young and could only hear my parents' influence or my friends or my friends' parents. But now I feel like I can, like, I can still observe and develop my own opinions but I don't necessarily feel as if it's my country but I'm just a person within the country but I do partake in the country and I'll support it. The subject comes up because uh, we're so divided and, and polarized um, but that isn't anything uh, I guess uh, almost in a way you haven't experienced much before this really happened because I guess that's really only been in the last uh, four, five, six yeah. years. I grew up using Instagram and I would initially, I, I loved when I was really young. I, I was probably a bad thing but I would watch all the um, I would watch those videos of the, uh, the Justice Warriors and like all, I, I grew up in the very, very polarized, you are either conservative or you are democratic, and you fit in that box or that box. And I never really liked that, but that's just what it was, what it is. 
and it's never I have never not had that it's, it's like on Instagram if you you can tell just by looking at someone's page essentially is this person aligned left or aligned right interesting do you think um, do you have a view as to uh, your peers or others at your age um, how they feel about that what do you mean well I mean uh, as a you know, as as a group, um, and I guess I'm just talking about how you see things and how, what you think. Do you identify with uh, any particular uh, community or group? Um, and that that kind of goes back to what you were just talking about. I guess with the social media, um, you can tell if there's a left or a, a right leaning um, view. So it seems like if we are moving into groups or we're moving into tribes or is there a particular, is there a group that, uh, or something that you identify with? Uh, not particularly. Um, I would be, I used to say libertarian, but now I'm a lot more careful with that because there are other people who also use the that word that I do not agree with their group but I do not think I am left or right I am me I am an individual and I think a lot of my friends are like that but there are definitely a lot that are that love to either fit in those two nice boxes you know we talked a little bit about uh, or actually quite a bit about sort of the things, the forces that are driving things today, uh, certainly uh, uh, technology is, technology is just something that's part of you, who you are, but there's a, uh, a generation before you and certainly a couple of generations that um, I would say that technology has probably changed their lives dramatically. It's certainly changed uh how we do things and what we're doing. But once again, uh, technology is just something that you just grew up with it. Yeah. It also gives me, a, like, a, like a technology common sense. Explain. I don't know, I, I, I don't know you, got, you got my mind going. Um, and talking about generations again. The people where we grew up with social media and technology and internet communication where there is all this misinformation, I am like, I can look at something and very, 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 very quickly tell if it is like horse crap or something semi-serious that I should take seriously. Whereas I feel like a lot of people will see anything on social media and just accept it. It happens a lot on Facebook. There are huge misinformation scandals that go around, and you'll see one post and re-share it. And then everyone is just now believing this complete fallacy. When you say everyone, again, uh, are we talking a generational thing? Are we talking... I mean, people who who would not have an as-easy time determining, like... Like, I, there are a lot of people on Instagram, which is what I use mostly, where they're just trying to spread misinformation, where they're 
facetious. I, I don't know if that's the right word. They're and they're they're trying to get a reaction or trying to get people to share it just for likes, just for views, right? All they want is attention. They don't actually care about educating people or sharing information. And so I grew up with that. And so I know when there's something that's clickbait and is completely false and that doesn't matter versus when they're, I'd like to think anyways, I might be completely wrong, but whereas people who, who didn't grow up trying to figure out what's clickbait, what's not, what, if I watch this, this short thing, is it going to be interesting or is it just going to be a complete waste of my time that's spreading lies? And then there's the people who have no experience with that, where they'll look something up and click the first link because it's not clickbait, even though it might be, it might just be completely false. Your generation, and, and certainly you, you uh, have the ability to um, uh, filter a lot of stuff. Uh, we're kind of in a point where um, social media or the, or the Internet itself has uh, a maybe separated us or made us more uh, it's almost in in a way uh, social media has made us kind of antisocial uh, we don't have in-person communication or we don't talk to each other anymore um, so, well certainly uh, older generations would be well aware of that because um, you know once again it is maybe a generational thing but um, the idea is that um, you can live in this smartphone, uh, you know, it's it's sort of like it becomes this this whole universe with so many things that you do, and um, without actually um, having real conversations anymore or real discussions. What do you think about that? Definitely, definitely happens a lot. Um, I mean, COVID definitely exacerbated that. I. I didn't, I don't really live through my phone. I don't like that idea because I, when I spend too much time on Instagram or any of those social medias, I feel like I'm wasting my time. Um, you said something too is important. I guess, uh, you know, what people do, they do things for for likes. And I, I think it's well known that that's very addictive. And well, man, it turns into money. Well, if it okay, and, and, and yes, if some people are, are monetizing that, and there's a lot of people that it's not about the money; it's just about um, affirmation. It's about how many likes did I get? I put something up, and oh, I, I got all this attention. That's what I'm talking about with, for some people. I think, um, I, I guess, uh, I, people use it for different reasons, but um, it certainly is uh, addictive. For a lot of people, I think. Yeah. But it has its benefits. I mean, it allows information to spread almost instantaneously. You can have a, an event happen in just anywhere in the United States. Let's just say example of the United States, but honestly, anywhere in the world. And then you can have people talking about it on these platforms five minutes after 15 minutes after during this event like and it and it can help like censorship from like news outlets or the government or just anywhere 
can also then allow people to radicalize on then said ideas, which could be completely fabricated. What do you think? Um, yes, there's a lot of really good things. Uh, the technology is absolutely amazing. I mean, there's so many things that we have the we can do. We have the ability to do today. Do you think that uh, there should be some kind of control or something that um, filters out um, the misinformation, the, dis- the people who abuse this? Um, do you think that's possible, or do you think uh, it's just a matter of us getting smarter and paying attention and uh, filtering our own stuff? That's, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, do I think there should be censorship on the internet? Start there. Yeah. That, I don't even know my answer. Because on one hand, I really want to say no. Because I don't want, I don't like getting rid of anything in that sense. Like, whether, like, if something had a historical impact, whether it be good or bad, or just things on the internet, right? YouTube, you should be able to upload whatever you want. Now, if you're intentionally spreading misinformation, then, well, what do we do there, right? That's when it gets into that that issue. But there should, in like one side of me, there definitely should be a way to determine misinformation, to determine these scandals and then help prevent that so like if, if someone uploads a video that is like just literally lies right they shouldn't be able to get millions of views and billions of views and profit off of it and make money that's not fair right but then on the other hand I really think like but anything should be able to be uploaded to YouTube and so I really don't know because the systems we have now don't work they don't like you, it, there is no there's no way to prove any information Facebook tried it it doesn't work YouTube's trying it it doesn't work YouTube just cares about their advertisers yeah um... I mean I I would like an internet though where there is not misinformation that is something I would want so if there was a way to regulate and enforce it that was in the the best interest of the viewer or the reader and not the advertiser I would be all for it that's going to be as, as you started out it's going to be extremely difficult um, I guess uh, for me I go back to something you said early uh, is um you can you identify right away what's misinformation um, and what's not, uh, and you can tell. And maybe that's because um, you've been brought up with it. Um, I think. Yeah, uh, in my mind, I I'd like to initially I called it common sense, but then it's like it, it's common sense for the navigating internet media not just common because for me it's like okay if I look up something 
and the first article is by TMZ, and it's talking about some, like, crazy, whack thing that is not, like, likely at all to happen. I'm not even going to click on that link, because TMZ only follows, like, it's, it's, it's the paparazzi, right? Like, it's just irrelevant. I don't care. Whereas I could then look through just by looking at the, like, the link in description if I'm searching something, or if I'm looking through social media, I, it's, it's quite, I find it easier to tell if a informational post is made with good intentions or malicious ones. I'll go back to um, something that uh, you were talking about being divided uh, or being put in, in a group. You're either in a conservative or you're in a liberal group. And almost the uh, not having a choice. Um, I was just reading something that I found interesting, um, the idea that um, it's a direction that the country is obviously, we are in a... Uh, a very polarized, divided uh, society, and it seems to maybe, in my view, uh, has gotten worse since COVID. At one time, I thought maybe COVID would bring us together, but it's been used as uh, as a wedge, I it, guess. Yeah, COVID got politicized. Yes, and it continues uh, on almost on a daily basis. Uh, even the conversation with a new variant, uh, just in this last few days. Um, but the thing I read was uh, corporations, um, business, companies um, in the future are we heading to uh, there will be a red company or there will be a blue company or we are being uh, identified as red or blue um, to the point where maybe everything that we're going to be doing is going to be it's either red or it's blue. Well, I definitely, definitely do not want my future to look like that. And I will fight tooth and nail to not live in that world because that sounds miserable. I do not fit into the two boxes. So if I'm forced into one, that's just not, not at all what I want. I, and I don't think people would let it get there I hope anyways okay and I guess but cur currently though I don't, I don't know if this is you can stop me if this is the wrong area um, but like with, with businesses being blue or red as you put it in big tech right now like Silicon Valley there is a huge like one party system one party state essentially where all the big companies are blue and they feel as if a lot of them, they, they have to be and they're pressured into this. And so they're hiring on all of these like um, di 
diversity firms and like all these people to try to help them become more relevant with like the current situation just because that's what's needed in that area to be a successful company. If you are going to be a Silicon Valley startup, you have to be progressive. If if the country, if we're continuing on this path of being divided and um, pitting red versus blue or blue versus red, uh, it depends on which side you happen to be on, um, and if some companies start to go that way, uh, but people don't want that. You know, and I really believe that. I believe a lot of people don't, but a lot of people can't get themselves out of it. Uh, it's so easy for so many well, people. It's What's happening, though, is, is really, really scary because it's getting to the point where they're dehumanizing the other side, both of them. Red is dehumanizing blue, and blue is dehumanizing red. And every time... From my very, very small history experience, that that's what has happened before wars. And I, that is a kind of genuine concern I have with, because with how violent and aggressive a lot of the interactions between these groups are getting, it's kind of scary how far people are willing to take it in the face of their group, even stepping on other people's freedoms and injuring them and attacking them purely because of their association with the other group. You know, like putting someone in a concentration camp because they're a Jew. It's, it's the same thing, I think. Not obviously as exaggerated and radical, but like dehumanizing a group, attacking them and fighting them. And this is both sides. I agree. I think uh, you've really identified a real problem. One of the things that comes to mind as you're saying this, um, from your generation perspective, that that makes me think that the group or uh, groups, the generation that's leading this and doing a lot of this, this is a, a generation or two before you. Um, yes, I completely agree. And that's the thing that I find uh, concerning, I guess, interesting, concerning, is that there's this older generation, a um, couple of generations ahead of you and maybe three generations that uh, are for, um, creating this and perpetuating it and I'm wondering uh, I, I go back to some of the things that I had found with a lot of different people that I talked to over the last three, four years is I think there's an awful lot of people that are um, uh, afraid of um, They've been their lives have been disrupted by technology. The fact that many are working for less money uh, in in today's dollars for real than they were, uh, say, you know, twenty years ago. Um, you know, 
technology, robotics, a lot of things. Everything has changed. We're in a kind of a changed country. And I'm just wondering if some of this fear has turned into this anger and it's easy to blame other people and rather than blame yourself. And I'm just kind of wondering where this comes from. You know, a lot of, a lot of things haven't worked out for some people the way they thought they were going to work out. Yeah. So they're... There, there's a lot of unhappy people, and I guess when people aren't really happy, that's when they want to create some of this stuff. Going back to your this generational thing, your generation um, is the generation that's going to say just what you just said: no, uh, this can't happen. No, I'd, I'd I'd love that to happen. I I really wish that, but I. I don't know. I, it might just kind of stagnate, maybe, if we're lucky. Just kind of stay where we are. Do you, do you feel... I don't know, because the people that are my peers, they're some of them, but then, like, one of my friends, he has just decided that he doesn't... He just doesn't like any of the people because everyone that he surrounds himself with, not intentionally, but the people that he is surrounded by... Are, he doesn't like them. He doesn't agree with them. He doesn't like that there are so many people or even like environmental problems. So he just wants to go live in some tiny village and farm. He doesn't want to take any part because he's like, there's too many people. They're all crazy. They just want to fight and do all this like unnecessary crap for, for what? Well, let's talk about, let's go to um, the things that you're interested in doing now and uh, with technology and uh, kind of the, certainly technology has played a large role in um, a lot of what's going on in society and how people feel about things uh, and where they get their information and, um, you know, how we build things and create things. And uh, it's certainly in the last 10 years, but uh, probably be really noticeable in the last uh, 20 years. So today, uh, technology going forward and uh, for you, your generation and the things you're interested in, um, you're going to be involved in uh, building the future with technology. I hope so. That's what I'm planning on, yeah. And how do you see that um, well, playing I'm a role a in our lives? Huge, huge, huge fan of the decentralized internet, where there is no company running it, or there is no Google with this huge advertising scheme, but instead, the community who uses it and runs it, and those who partake and care about it the most have the influence and the power to make the system what they want it to be. And those are the people who actually build it and maintain it as well. That is a very possible future. That's a big responsibility of on uh, those who have that power. Well, but that power is distributed to everybody. If you wanted to be, I mean... I could use the word I could use the word stakeholder, but I really don't like it because it has negative connotation with this specific environment. But let's say you had a 
you you had a small amount of your time invested in this, you would be able to have just as much say as everybody else using it based on how much you have of your time invested in it. It's a very, the, 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 the community, the user base creates it and maintains it. But there's also then the, the side, that's, that's just a complete restructuring of services, which is far away. But then there's also just the, the powers of what we can do with computing that is not yet unlocked. I mean, we barely scratch the surface of what artificial intelligence is going to be able to do. It's not going to be as powerful as anyone in the movies ever says it to be, but it can be it can be the the greatest chess player, right? Artificial intelligence. That that doesn't sound like something, but that is looking far ahead. We almost have natural language processing, which you can which is one of the hardest things for a computer to do because when you read a sentence it says put put a trophy sorry oh my god i need to remember what there's a test that you can do to an intelligence for natural language processing okay i would oh yeah okay so right it would be like i was going to put the trophy in the suitcase but it wouldn't fit what is it but it wouldn't fit right to you it's super simple it's a trophy but for a computer, it, 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 it needs to look, I tried to put this trophy in the brown suitcase. Okay, so what is a trophy? A trophy is, is a ornamental award you get that may be big, maybe small. Okay, what is a suitcase when you store things in? Computer would need to know all that, be able to pick that up from that sentence and then figure out what it means, which is incredibly hard for a computer to do. Okay. That under getting to that level that's what I like that's what I would hope to be able to get to in in my not my own specific work but my generation my yes my current our current our humans current technological advancements so uh, you're looking forward to uh, things like that at uh when it's uh, your turn kind of at the wheel. Yes. All right. Like, I, I don't know, I just envision, like, a YouTube without Google. It's going to be, be a little bit difficult to, um, to dismantle these things that are now in power. It's, I find it particularly fascinating that, you know, only, you know, five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, we were still in awe, I think, of, uh, you know, these, the big four or five tech companies. And we're no longer in awe, and we're kind of like going like, oh, wow, uh, where did they come from? How did they get so big? How can they... What did we create? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because all they are is information farms. Yeah. Like, and... I don't know. I feel like it wouldn't. You wouldn't require much dismantling. It would be you create the service. It exists. People use it. More people use it. It is objectively better than YouTube because it has true freedoms for the creators that aren't in the best interest of advertisers, but in the best interest of viewers and creators. People would gravitate towards that because it has their best interest in mind and not the people who are just trying to make money off of it. 
And then slowly, it would just be a migration. That may be, but you've got the power of the money. And um, money uh, money drives a, an awful lot. Uh, you know, there's, a, whether we like it or not, um, going back a few years, I don't know, a decade ago or maybe a little longer, when um, business corporations became people uh, legally uh, to, um, and therefore, um, politics changed, politicians then serve uh, corporations because corporations have became people and it's all about the money and somehow or another maybe uh, the money money is really going to uh, dictate everything it does it, it does <laughs> I uh, recently watched um, video of the Exxon Mobil like federal relations chair I don't know if that's his official title but he, he's a he's a high up at Exxon Mobil he's one of their officers He's talking about how he, how he can influence politicians in Congress, and how it's completely irrelevant to target the politicians who are very new or fresh because they have job security, right? Their election's not coming up. But the only time that they ever have a chance of influencing how they can get people to vote is when the re-election's coming up, when they can make them look good, when they can try to give them job security. Because, as he put it, the only thing that a lot of the Congress people care about is getting re-elected the next term. Yeah, it's almost as simple as that. It's like people just want to keep making their money. Exactly. Keep their, their, their power play. So, therefore... Um, it's only in the interest of what the very powerful corporations want. But I, I'd like to think it's not one person who's making all these decisions for Google. It's a large group, which would then hopefully consider a lot more than just one person's wants, but you really don't know. I don't know. I, I meant you as like we. Yeah, like we we don't know. We really don't know. We don't know. We we don't know if Google has good intentions or bad. We just have to assume whichever one we want to be willing to take the risk of. And I assume bad because I am going to live with Google for my whole life, and I don't want them to know, like you know, that I had COVID or any of my personal medical privacy information, PMI, personal medical information, which they're trying to collect, by the way. Yeah, it's just uh, one more thing in the information chain, I think. What do you think, uh, talk a little bit about um, your concerns, whatever we do going forward, it's how we exist, or are we just going to coexist? Are we going to um, more and more be at a point where um, we're going to start saying, well, I'm not even going to go to this place because those people, they're in there, or this is their town, I, or... I hope it's not that one, but for all we know, it might be. 
like the way I when when I communicate over a phone over the internet it is very easy to not take everything into the situation right like there is no emotion so I could go into a conversation already with my bias my predetermined outcome of what I want to happen and because it's just text it's a lot easier to just ignore basically everything whatever anyone else has to say and just come up with the reasons why I'm right and why everyone else is wrong and then you can say some very rude mean degrading things you can get carried away on the internet where there's no actual human interaction involved and if that kind of interaction is what becomes mainstream where there's no like vocal tone there's no facial expression there's no emotion transmitted there's no genuine concerns it's just text and that is a in my mind it becomes much more likely because like that is where I believe that huge disconnect might come in on places like Twitter I was, um, was going to go back to this idea of um, making changes um, the power uh, do people have power anymore voting what do you think does uh, you know, it's the idea of the, the of being able to vote and being in a democracy and uh, electing uh, officials. And we were just talking about elections and what drives, once they're elected, the only thing they're doing is running and running and running for re-election. Um, but somehow or another, um, do you think that voting... And if people really uh, pay attention, do you think people will? Or do you think it'll make any difference? It can definitely help, I believe. Um, I uh, Another belief, though, I think that a lot of the political systems are quite corrupt right now. Like, no, no one will ever talk about immigration because it... We, the United States, relies upon migrant workers. And in order to talk about immigration, you have to talk about migrant workers. You have to talk about work pieces. You have to talk about how little they're getting paid, how how many hours a day they work, which is okay with a lot of them. It's the agricultural industry mostly. And no one wants to talk about that in Congress, and no matter if you're red or blue. It's irrelevant. And... I feel like there's a lot of things like that where it's a, everyone agrees on this. If you don't agree on this, you are excluded and kicked out. And so no matter who you might vote in, they're still going to have to agree that we don't touch immigration policy because we need migrant workers. Yeah. So I don't think that my vote will ever have any influence on like migration policies, immigration policies. It's just not going to happen. I, that will take a lot of time to change. No vote in the next election will touch immigration policies. It'll have to take much, much, much more than just voting. Do you think that um, there's a possibility that uh, we're at a point where we need to um, 
modify the party system and have instead of two parties that maybe there's another party or even another party like in other countries I don't know I really don't know I just know that well, I, 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 I don't know I don't know the benefits of having more or, I know the downsides of having one party where it is the same problem with immigration policy where if you don't agree with the one party then you're just kicked out you can't have disagree things so if more parties would mean more ideas and more things played around with than just red and blue then why not why yes. can't we have more possibilities of where our country can go because in the end we're going to decide on what having more ideas is that really a bad thing well I would just uh, was interested in this idea of uh if there would be a third party and let's say that party if uh, we move we keep moving to this really hard and we certainly are with our politics we're pretty hard on uh, red or or blue uh, left or right and if there was uh, something that was more centrist in the middle because it seems like that middle ground anytime there's anybody on the left that drifts towards the middle or there's anybody on the right that drifts towards the middle, that they're the ones uh, that probably might uh, get voted out of their party. Yeah. And so maybe it's time uh, that there's this other view that might be in the middle. Um, and um, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting idea. And I'm just wondering if this country is moving to that point I mean it would be nice but um, it would have to go against the wishes of every single person in Congress because none of them want it because they want their nice two party system where they keep their job that's correct I have there are a lot of people in Congress and a lot of them don't even know how Facebook works or what it is, yet they're still voting on and making decisions surrounding Facebook and how it influences children. There are a lot of things going on in Congress to me that just don't make any sense. The, yes, that's true. And that probably is, is not the first time. I would guess if you went back in history... It's probably been happening forever. Correct. Forever. Like, that's why it doesn't matter if you replace all the old congress members with new young congress members because then they're still going to end up making decisions on things they have no idea about how it works right which is why you know they would bring in people to explain why it's an issue and then explain what the solution might be but then you can just hire anyone you want to do that and make it sound convincing and there you go it's a susceptible person they'll change their vote immediately right I guess maybe in uh, the interest of Wrapping up here a little bit, um, are you um, optimistic? I mean, I kind of have to be. <laughs> I don't want to gloom and doom over what the country might end up being, so I'm just, I'm going to do my part, I'd hope, to make it better, more fair. But I don't necessarily, I'm not at all certain that our country's up from here. Yeah. 
there's definitely definitely going to be ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs. But hopefully the downs make the ups better, and we progressively move up. What you do with your work in technology and the things that you're going to do is um, you can create uh, some better things for us to use. Um, yes. And, um, you know, that, that in itself is a, is a really positive thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, and as long as there's... I, and I know that there are a lot of people out there that are in the same spot. And there's going to be a lot of positive things happen all the time. There are positive things happening all the time. Google just released their flood machine learning algorithm in India where they can predict floods like seven days in advance. Wow. Which helps like communities, farmers, everybody. And those things are constantly happening and I I definitely hope to, to be one of them. What a great conversation. It's not often uh, we get a chance to sit down uh, with a young person and uh, really have uh, a conversation and understand uh, what they're thinking today.